Hello and welcome to Middle Church Online. I am Natalie. I'm the digital minister here at Middle. Happy Easter Tide. We are so grateful that you choose to worship with us. Thank you for coming. Um, for those entering Ramadan this week, Ramadan Mubarak, and um, Earth Day is coming this week as well. And you know, Mama will provide. <laughs> John and Elizabeth have a beautiful piece um, prepared for us this morning to start us off, and then we'll go into our hymn. So let's take a centering breath. And let us worship God together. In the
people. I'm Jackie Lewis and it's time for the message for all ages. I'm talking to you today from my favorite place in my yard. Can you see that? That's my pond. When my husband and I bought this house about 10 years ago, there was a hole there and it had about three fish in it. And we love water. We love oceans and rivers and creeks. We love bathtubs. We love splashing in the rain. So we asked a man to dig a bigger hole and he did. And he put some trees around the hole. And at first it was a big hole with trees. But then we put a couple fish in and the fish made more fish and then there were frogs and there were tadpoles. And now this thing that was a hole has become a real living pond with lilies and the deer come and drink and the birds come and take bath. It's amazing. And when we made this, we thought to ourselves, wow, we wonder what God must have felt like when God made the whole world, when God spoke and said, let there be trees and flowers and let there be animals and let there be water and let there be stars in the sky and let there be a sun and a moon. Of course, we're not God, but it was so beautiful to watch this life grow, to watch this life happen. Now, I'm sitting outside right now and sometimes I'm inside and I am so terribly bored and so sick of being inside. I wanna ask you, when you go outside with your adults, when you go outside to play, whether it's your backyard or whether you go to a park and keep your distance or whether you go for a walk with your parents, I want you to pay attention to all the things that you see that look green and new, to the grass growing, to the buds on the trees bursting out, to plants pushing through the ground, to birds. Listen to their sound and look at them. Squat down and take a look and see if you see some insects moving. I want you to notice that even though there's a lot of stress right now and people are afraid of people getting sick, there's also a lot of things that are alive. And the things that are alive are a gift from God to us. Can you see something there that you haven't noticed? I want you to pay, pay attention to it and tell your grown-up about it. And when you go outside, I want you to close your eyes, take a big deep breath, and then listen. Listen to what you hear that sounds alive. And then put your hand on your heart and feel it beating because you are alive too. You and the deer and the fox and the birds and the dogs and the kittens and the snakes and the hamsters and the trees and the grass and the fish are all alive and a part of God's beautiful creation. On this Earth Day weekend, we celebrate all of the things that God has given us as a gift on the earth. Amen. And now we're going to sing Siahamba with our friends. Have a beautiful day. Bye.
Welcome to Middle Church, everybody. We're so glad you're here. My name is Jackie Lewis, and I'm the senior minister, taking a few minutes to stand outside to catch some fresh air and wanting to welcome you from wherever you came this morning. Where, where are you from? Could you write in the chat there and let us know where you're coming from? We'd love to be able to welcome you. Sometimes folks are here from Paris, and sometimes they're here from Peoria, and sometimes they're here from the Bronx, and sometimes they might be here from Buffalo. But we'd love to know where you're coming from. We also want to know if it's your first time, and so we ask that you would let us know that as well. You can see that we are in a digital space today, and so some of us are outside, some of us are um, inside, uh, having our coffee and our orange juice. So um, wherever you came from today, welcome. And we hope that this day is a blessing to you. We hope it is a blessing to your family. Uh, we are holding you in our hearts and in our prayers in these days of COVID-19 and looking for ways to connect with you, not only on Sunday, but all week long. So you can also see all the different ways that you can join us in various chat rooms and connection places, from pajama time with your kids to conversations about sexuality and race. Please be with us. Welcome once again, and we hope that if this is your first time, it won't be your last. Thanks. Home. What 
Reach out from all 
that were sung by the stars of the morn and sing songs of the angels when Jesus was born with glad jubilation bring hope to the nation
one of the ways we can reimagine together who we might be when we come out on the other side of this, and we will come out on the other side of this, is to take a long, hard look at the stories we've believed that have gotten us this far. Many of us go through life without questioning, questioning the stories, the authorities. White people like myself are especially guilty of this. We don't question who's written it, why they wrote it, the conditions that prompted the writing, because the things written overwhelmingly are written to benefit cis white males. So we would all do well to do a little reread of our Holy Scripture. The creation story in Genesis 2 is often used as a means for advancing a patriarchal agenda. God created man first, then out of man woman, therefore women are inferior. How many of you have heard or embodied some version of this tired take on the creation story? In reality, the Hebrew word for helper that's used here in the Old Testament is not a subordinate word. It's actually genderless, both of them are, and it's an equal. And in some translations, a word that is superior. Pretty amazing to think about it, the creation story that way, right? I was introduced recently to another opportunity to reimagine the stories that we find ourselves in back in March when I was introduced to something called the Regendered Bible, a stunning project of labor and love of 7th Street neighbor just down the street from middle, Yael Kanarek. The Regendered Bible is a socially engaged initiative to rewrite the Bible, reversing the genders of all the characters. This small adaptation exposes our collective habitual thinking and addresses the astonishing void of sacred literature within the Abrahamic traditions that define women's lives in divine language. If you don't think you've been conditioned by a white patriarchal reading of the Holy Bible, hear this same passage read again, this time from the Regendered Bible. Here is a reading from Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 25 from the Regendered Bible. And the Elohim took the Eve and put her into the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Elohim commanded the Eve, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and bad you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will die. And the Elohim said, It is not good that the Eve should be alone. I will make her a helper opposite her. And out of the ground Elohim formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to the Eve to see what she would call them. And whatever the Eve would call every living creature, that was to be its name. And the Eve gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field but for the Eve, there was not found a helper to be opposite her. And Elohim caused a deep sleep to fall upon the Eve, and she slept, and she took one of her ribs 
and closed up the place with its flesh instead. And from the rib which Elohim had taken from the eve, she made a man and brought him to the eve. And the eve said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He will be called man because he was taken out of a woman. Therefore, a woman will leave her mother and her father and will cleave to her man and they will be one flesh. And they were both naked, the Eve and her man, and were not ashamed. Wow. Did you hear that? Such a small change. But yet that rethinking, that reimagining changes everything. Suddenly, Eve, a woman, is naming all of the creatures of the earth. And there's another person being made from Eve, from a woman, not the other way around. And a woman is the first person who speaks in our holy scripture. It makes us wonder how things might have turned out differently, doesn't it? It makes you wonder, had anyone taken the time to actually translate the original Hebrew, to come to understand that these two humans are equals, things might have turned out differently. Maybe we'd be taking care of the earth a little better. Yes, we need a reimagining, a rethinking, a rereading of this moment, don't we? God calls us from the very beginning to till for the earth, to till the earth and to care for one another. Despite the sexist, racist, classist stories we've been told and absorbed. And often we failed. We failed because this coronavirus moment holds up a mirror for us on the connection between our inability to care, to till for this earth and therefore each other and the staggering number and demographics of people who are dying and have died of COVID. By now we've all read that black people are dying at disproportionately high rates of COVID-19. What we haven't heard enough about is that countries with higher levels of pollution and cities and blocks with higher levels of pollution are seeing greater numbers of deaths of COVID as well. And that African-Americans and other people of color tend to live in closer proximity to coal plants, refineries, and other places responsible for emitting troubling pollution. Pollution that passes through lungs, enters the bloodstream, and has been linked to a variety of serious health problems, which in turn increase vulnerability to the coronavirus. Communities of color have always been sacrifice zones. Mustafa Ali, a VP in environmental justice said recently, they've been the places we've pushed things that nobody else wants. 
polluted neighborhoods and cities such as Los Angeles, Houston, Newark, and Detroit, as well as the Navajo Nation, are among the country's worst virus hotspots. And studies have recently shown that even small exposure to pollution in the years before the virus outbreak is associated with a 15% higher risk of death from coronavirus. And this, of course, where we live, what zip code we grow up in, our access to public health or lack thereof are all results of redlining, rezoning, unequal wealth distribution, white supremacy, blindly believing stories of power and class we've been told without digging inside ourselves and rethinking what the Holy Scriptures might really be saying to us. Lubana Amid reminds us that in public health, it is often your zip code, which is more indicative of your health outcome than your genetic code. And this doesn't just stop at pollution, lack of access to water, to clean water, is currently worsening conditions for people in low-income communities hit by the virus as well. Many people in Detroit still don't have water and in Flint, clean water. And what have we been saying ad nauseum now for a month about one of the best ways to protect yourself from this virus? Wash your hands. Pretty hard to wash your hands without water. Amen? Tilling the earth, taking care of one another. We've got some reimagining to do. But you all, I don't want us to become overwhelmed with how we've collectively and individually failed to take care of this earth and each other. It is overwhelming and sometimes paralyzing. But I want us to remember that there is power. Remembering that we can question who's writing the stories and who's making the rules. That we can question why money goes to some places and not other places that we can question why some people live here and some people live here. There's power in that and it's inside each of us. Might there be another way to read this? Is there another truth that the Holy Spirit is telling us from this text? Maybe it's not a patriarchal racist text. What would it look like if we read this and we saw women as superior. What would it look like if we read our holy scriptures not as a slaveholder religion, but where white people were inferior? What would it look like to understand ourselves as servants of creation? What would it look like to realize the interconnectedness of racism, sexism, environmental justice, 
and public health. Hi everyone, good morning. My name is Gabby DeVoe and I'm so excited to be with you here today, even virtually. I wanna start by telling you a quick story. The year was 2006. Two dear friends of mine were on their way to Sunday brunch when they stumbled upon a magnificent energy pouring out of a building on 2nd Avenue. Little did they know they had stumbled upon the amazingness that is Middle Church. Intrigued by the energy and the love that was evident in the people hugging on the steps, they insisted we go back the following Sunday to check it out. We were a little late, of course, but we were greeted with immense warmth and then ushered into the second row. I was so nervous and braced myself for the eyes judging our casual appearance and tardiness, but that never came. Could this really be a church where you could come as you are, even if you were wearing jeans, as you walked through the door and be genuinely welcomed? Previously, in the seven years I had been living in New York City, I had frequented many churches, but none of them reflected who I was and who I was becoming. Even the churches I went to regularly, I never, if you will, put my bag down in any of them. But after that first Sunday in the second row, hearing Jackie preach, the gospel choir sing, and seeing a congregation walk the talk of love, I knew that Middle Church would be my spiritual home. Middle Church reflects to me all of the hope, ideals, and dreams that I want to see in this world. I see the diversity. I see the love for all. I see the fierce drive to make changes for the disenfranchised. I see the fight for justice and equitable opportunities. Middle is not only doing this work, it's embodying this work. Furthermore, Middle gives you the space to put your dreams for justice and for building community into the world. So now, this is the part where I tell you that your donations are also important in making this movement happen. I am a teacher. I do not make the big bucks. And I know that many of you don't know what your next job will be or what your budget will look like a couple months from now. But I ask for you to give with your heart as you are able, whatever you can. We are all in different financial situations. So if you're able to give a hundred bucks, if you're able to give five bucks from your morning coffee or bubble tea budget, God bless you. If you can give a dollar, a dollar, hallelujah, know that it all matters. It goes a long way. So some people find it easy to sign up for giving recurring donations. I find it easy to just text it in could just text it to the number there. Your donation, you could do, you can send it in right now to the number 917-924-4666. From your couch or your chair or wherever you may be watching this. So go to Middle's website and click join, click donate, or click both. All of these ways power the movement of God, light, and love here on earth.
God created us, female and male, gender non-conforming and gender fluid as divine beings, called to till the earth, called to understand our connectedness to one another and to the very earth from which we are formed. May our connection be what gets us through. May it inspire us to reread, rethink, and reimagine more just and loving ways forward. Not just in this moment, but in all our days ahead. Go in peace. You are loved. Amen.